This is Grown Man Logic. Yeah, when we were single, when we, wait, no, when we were single. Hey, man, hey, you, you uh, must open no cases uh, on this I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Kendra, Eric, and Dewan J. Men shit. Y'all lying. I don't know the other Hey, man, y'all better put, turn the TV off and pick up a goddamn book. I speak for all women. This is Grown Man Logic. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Private Stock. We, of course, are Grown Man Logic, and today we are joined by a man of many, many hats: military veteran, mental health professional. Uh, uh, entrepreneur looks like the man got the sneakers in the back. Mr. James Harris, co-founder of the movement Men to Health. Welcome, sir. Hey, what's going on? Appreciate you for having me. Wait, hold on, wait. Before we get started, what branch? I was I was Army. Eight years Army, two deployments, one Iraq, one Afghanistan. All right, all right, you got to pass. My sister in the army, but you know. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll go okay. navy. Yeah, you want that pass? Yeah, we got the thing. We got the thing second. So uh, Eric is actually a military veteran, and I'm actually I've actually active duty military, like as we speak, navy as well. Um, I'm right down the street from you, actually. Um, you're Chesterfield, and I'm down in the seven five seven, obviously. Um, currently residing, so um, that, that's another connection right there. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for your service. Uh, thank you for thank for you, leading man. the way, thank man. Thank you for you. For sure. Um, let, let's get into it, man. Men, mental health, right? For those, I mean, you see the T-shirt that they wear. Those of y'all that are catching this on the visual, I'm rocking the hoodie. Um, mental health. What what came up with this concept for you? Like, what what sparked this idea? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, just a slight correction. I'm the only founder of Men to Heal. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'm my not, bad. Yeah, I'm not sure where you get the code from. Um, you know. <laughs> No, nah, it's all good. So the, My the, bad. the concept, like, I mean, for all the clinicians out there that's listening, it probably, they probably had the same assignment in grad school. Um, if it was in any one population so you can work with, who would it be? Blah, blah, blah. So for me, um, a couple of people from my cohort chose LGBTQ, somebody chose veterans, somebody chose uh, sex workers, you know, the list goes on. And for me, I initially chose veterans as well. But then I thought about it like, oh, man, the men are often underrepresented, you know, even within my cohort. I was the only black male um, and it was only four males, you know, so it just was a. I was like, oh, man, this would be a dope topic to discover. So I took that on as a task and then I fell in love with the project itself. So fast forward, um, you know, finished grad school, got my master's in clinical mental health counseling. I started at this private practice called Lavelle Outpatient Counseling, owned by two phenomenal uh, black women and they do amazing work within the community. And, you know, I was the only male there, you know, so I was like, hey, when are we gonna do something for the men? When are we gonna do something for the men? Um, and then I just thought about it, the assignment that I had, you know, it'd be dope if I started doing um, segments within the community. So the entrepreneurship side is like, I own the art gallery in, in, in Richmond. So I use my own space in order to do that and uh, invited about, maybe 25 people out and then it just continued to grow from 25 to 50 to 60 plus and then of course the pandemic but what that showed was people was interested in the topic a lot of women were showing up because they got fathers you know sons or stubborn brothers and things right. like that and of course the men were showing up because they wanted the insight you know and 
most of them felt like, oh man, I've been feeling this way. I just didn't know who I can go to or what areas it to, to channel this, you know? So that's how it grew. That's how it started. Um, so initially it just was mental health, uh, you know, segment on men and mental health. It just was like that for a couple of different sessions. And then um, I got stuck at a train and um, I got a Tesla. So I was just doodling, you know, just writing like, all right, cool. What I'm going to talk about, blah, blah, blah on the screen. And this was the the actual logo, you know, so I took a picture oh, okay. of that. Yeah, so I, I took a no. picture. Of, I took a picture of that on the actual Tesla screen, sent it to uh, this lady who do my shirts. I was like, hey, can you put this on the shirt for me? I got this thing coming up, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she was like, yeah, so just like it is. That's why it's written, handwritten, my print and everything. I, just, <laughs> I wanted to keep it authentic as possible. So uh, I got the shirt back like a couple of days before, you know, the session that I was doing in the community. Um, and I just started wearing it every since then, you know, as brand awareness and a conversation starter. And that's just what it did. It sparked a lot of conversation. You know, people be like, oh, man, that shirt is dope. What's it about? So I tell them or either somebody will stop me and be like, hey, man, my, my brother going through X, Y, Z, you know, or my dad did, you know, so it just like a conversation started. And before I knew it, I had over a thousand sold because people was like, oh, man, I, I support the message. I want to be a part of it. What can I do to help? You know, yeah. so yeah, just continue to grow. What why do you think, like real quick, because you said something that was that was dope in there. Like, why do you think that uh that men are so underrepresented or under um spoken up for inside of the mental health space? Like, uh like like is it is it society? Is it pride? Is it a combination? Like what why why are men so under represented? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a combination of things, I guess, realistically, a lot of it is historic. You know, a lot of those, a lot of the roles that we're in now, as far as being clinicians, have been historically roles that women feel within the workplace. You know, the man was out in factories or the military or, you know, policing and stuff like that, opposed to doing clerical work or, you know, work that was deemed like, yo, that's not masculine. You know, so that plays a part in it as well. And then the education standpoint, you know, I can't be I can't say that it's easy to obtain, you know, a master's and, you know, have the funds to pay for a master's and a rigorous course, course load, you know, so all of those things contribute to it when it's easier for the man to want to obtain to do something else like sports, you know, or, um, you know, engineering or electricians and, you know, just trade skills opposed to just sitting down and, carving out time to do case studies and learn all about the, the mind and how people behaviors interact. And, you know, so that's not something that historically has happened, but now we see the need for it. We see the prevalence for it and we see how we can make an impact. So I think it has shifted to a lot of men interjecting themselves to be that model, to be something that we didn't have, you know, and, and all those things that contribute to it. Yo, yo, yeah, I got a question. Um, so let me ask you a question. You said like your first, like when you were going to this the, the session and a thousand shirts within. How, how how quick did you say that was? Man, I probably sold a thousand shirts within six to eight months. Yeah. Okay, I need I need them numbers. Um, but like, let me ask you, like, because when I try to talk to guys, like, how are you opening? How are how are you getting your brothers to open up more? speaking about their mental health, because you know, like, well, you're a veteran, we, we veterans. And do you, did, were your first group, was it like more veterans than 
the brothers that you grew up with and stuff like that? Was it more veterans talking to you at first? Because I'm trying to get more guys except just veterans to start opening up and about this. Because we talk about it in group chats, but they don't want to talk about it or speak on it. Like, because I think I, I, I think everybody's story is unique. It needs to be heard because your story might spark Dewan's story to, you know what I'm saying, somebody else. Or, your, you know, like my story may spark somebody else. How do you, I guess I lost a question in there. I do that a lot. But uh, <laughs> how do you, how, how do you get more, yeah, how do you get men to open up more about their mental health? Yeah, so for me, I, I found that it's been being my vulnerable, authentic self has been working. Um, and, you know, I don't shy away from who I am. You see the shoes in the background. You see the grills in my mouth. You see the tattoos. So I look like the people that I'm serving, you know. Um, and I lead by example. I don't know if you guys are on my social media, but I'm posting about my family. I'm posting about my parenting struggles. I'm posting about um, me being sad or me. Um, something I often say is feel, my, feel your feelings, you know, and I, I definitely mean that um, because oftentimes men only feel certain feelings, um, you know, and they aren't able to articulate what they want to say. It's articulated in different ways, whether that's substance use, being promiscuous, reckless behavior, whatever. So I just normalize that experience to make it like, yo, bro, I'm going through the same thing. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to show up, you know, so I've just been fortunate enough to be in a position to where, the men who grew up with me from a certain age, you know, I hold them accountable. It's like a, a an accountability factor of, hey, don't do that, you know, or, hey, you could have did this different or whatever the case is. So my specific circle know, like, that's how I operate. So they was cool with it. And the outsiders was like rushing to it because they knew like, oh man, I'm going through this. I didn't know this was available. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and you said something um, when you was just discussing it. You said, I'm trying, I'm trying. Like, stop trying and do it. You know what I'm saying? Because people don't know what they need up until you give it to them. Gotcha. So that, that's pretty much that's the model the that, I, yeah, that's the model that pretty much I, I, I've taken, you know? So the same thing with you. It's probably going to start off with just veterans, but then it's going to be like, somebody gonna peep that head and like yeah i heard y'all was talking about parents you know single fathers okay. or or fathers you. you know like fathers raising girls or police brutality or whatever like you know so all of those like everything just came full circle you know and um me doing those things it it opened up things I, I, you know i would dare say globally you know i've been fortunate enough to speak in um five different countries of course i got the book i got the youtube channel um the board game so it just allowed me to be in different places just from being like yo you don't look like the average therapist or you are talking about what i'm going through you know so okay. those you know those doors just started opening because people like you i, I don't believe that it's uh coincidence uh like a lot of things uh, like to be politically I want to, you know, this y'all platform, and I don't want to disrespect it, so I want to. No, no, no. Say, 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 say what you got to say. <laughs> I hear this bitch out. I hear this bitch out every day. All right, cool. This is you know, I, I, yeah, I, you know, I don't know y'all audience, so I just, I ain't want to try in that position. Um, but historically, you know, a lot of things have been whitewashed. So the ideas of professionalism, the ideas of um, vulnerability, you know, whether it's patriarchy or masculinity, all those things have rooted from a system of 
white supremacy, you know? So for me, um, I believe in using my vernacular the way I want to. So I'm talking slang, I'm talking Ebonics, I'm being me, you know, I'm dressing how I want to dress. Like, I don't believe that you have to have a bow tie on, you know? So I got multiple businesses, multiple properties. When I'm in city hall, I'm dressed like this, t-shirt, sweatpants, you know what I'm saying? Whatever I want to wear. I'm not changing who I am based on your perception. Um, so all of those things just, you know, people gravitate to it. One, people try to obtain that freedom for themselves, but they probably stuck in a job to where they can't be as lenient. Or people are like, yo, you know what? You just inspired me to buck. I'm about to do X, Y, Z now. I've been wanting to do it, but I just needed a sign. You know, so I've heard many different, uh, you know, array of things. Kendra? Um. Okay, so this might be a double question, but the first part of it is, is affection important to a man? Yeah, so affection is a human quality. I think, mm-hmm. I think people, you know, within certain pockets of society assign certain roles. Um, but realistically, when we think about affection, we think about the human aspect of it, not specifically a gender role of it. Like, why shouldn't I be validated? Why shouldn't I feel supported? Why shouldn't I be acknowledged for uh, being, you know? Like, so I, I don't agree with that. It should just be for your daughters or for your mom or for your, you know, your, your fiance, your wife. Um, it should be for everybody under that umbrella, under that spectrum, because we're human. We have emotions. We have a catalyst of feelings that we should be able to explore and feel without being demonized or chastised or, you know, victimized for being soft or, you know, not as masculine as the next person for um, expressing themselves in a positive way. And when you think about stuff like affection, that's my actions, my interactions towards pretty much, you know, a lot of different people. It's not just mm-hmm. me that I'm affecting, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, my, my affection uh, tends to rub off on the actions of other people vicariously around me in most cases, you know, so that's why it's important to display that affection. Um, and, and not only, again, like it's not a, a gender specific thing, like feelings, emotions, affections, all of those things are human qualities, you know what I'm saying? And if we, if you look at the definition, the definition is probably like having a, a safeness or a you know, close-knit regard and feelings towards somebody that you love or you admire or you have, you know, just admiration for. Mm -hmm. So why shouldn't I display that to you because you one of my homeboys or you my uncle or whatever or my dad? No, you Mm -hmm. should be affectionate. You should be passionate. You should let people know that you love them as well because times are short. Oh, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Right, because I'm glad that we have someone licensed say this on this platform because the <laughs> comments are going to go fucking crazy. They're going to go crazy like, oh, we ain't going to show these men this, that, and the other. Why? When he said, when, when James said that we're human, a lot of people, they, they specifically take affection and put it in a gender-specific role. We're human first. Like, True. that, oh, man, I can't wait to this drop, God damn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Now, um, now, so like in your it's like in your book, you like you mentioned that, right? And like um, one of the things that I thought was so dope um, about the book is that like you talked about you talked about the subject, right? Affection was one of the topics in the book, but you talk about it, and then you ask very poignant questions. 
like specific questions towards like each one of the um the concepts that you're talking about in that chapter um what what made you develop the questions or was it questions that you had or is this like something from like a clinical like standpoint that uh, oh that uh, we can't see it hold yeah, it up, yeah, hold there, you up. Go. there you go Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right appreciate it yeah yeah so for the people who don't know the book is called man just express yourself um and you can get that on amazon bonds and Nova's target walmart pretty much anywhere books are sold including my website um and i wrote this from the overall perspective like i wrote this as a therapist just tools and interventions that i know i'm to get my clients i wrote this as somebody who needed this information and i didn't find it available um, and so what I did, you, you have the book, so you, you know this, but uh, people have the option to write out their answers or draw out their answers. And I did that because the articulation is, isn't always there. So you can write out your answer, you can draw it out. And what I mean by that is like, how, how many times you've been in the conversation and you've been frustrated, like, you know what you wanted to say, you just couldn't find the words, but you go back later, you write a story, you write a poem, a poem you draw a picture or whatever the case is. So that's why I put that model in there. And then it just different topics, uh, goals, traumas, affirmation, grief, abandonment, anger, uh, peer pressure, emotions, feelings, tough love, just those stuff that men often don't talk about unless in the barbershop or mechanic shop or with our homeboys. But I figure I put it in here, come, you know, for the masses. It's a lot of wives buy this book and give it to their husbands and they process over dinner and date night and stuff like that. A lot of parents buy the book, give it to their sons and they do exercise. There's a tool that they can see if, you know, that they continue to grow with. They can see if their son is still triggered by the same thing he was triggered by a couple months ago, you know, so that's why I did the book that way. But the questions specifically and the, and the goals and topics specifically that I wanted to get across was like, again, like this is not a gender specific thing. And it, uh, the affection chapter that you're talking about says, although men and women are capable of expressing how they feel through both nonverbal and verbal message, society will have you thinking that a man alike to show uh, um, affection is often ways um, you know, by their actions and things. And then the questions was, do you like to receive affection? Um, how are you displaying affection? Like all of these are questions too that'll make you think like, because how many times you have ever just sit back like, yo, how do I like to be affectionate? How do I want to receive affection? Like not just from your intimate people, like your partner, your wife or whatever, but how I want my boys to address me in a, in a, in a setting? You know what I mean? Are we dapping? Are we hugging? Like, what happens if I start crying or he start crying? Am I consoling him? You know, so those questions are important. And historically, you men weren't doing that. You get demonized for doing that, you know? And of course, it just continued to, to the questions continue to uh, go on. Like, um, of course, how do you show affection? Um, do you like when others show you affection? Because that's the thing too. Some people get uncomfortable. Some people get embarrassed. You know, all of those things right. are valid. It's a lot of fathers who don't hug their sons or kiss their sons because of, you know, the perception of what it is. You know, so that's why I decided to put those questions in there. Just have people just sit and think opposed to, because right now you probably don't know. Like if you ain't flipped through that and I ask you, you'll be like, oh man, like, what would I do? You know what I'm saying? If Eric started crying right now in the next room, you know, am I going over there? You know, am I, am I going to look out for Eric or am I just going to give him the space? You know, so those questions arise and people don't really think about them. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not ignoring y'all. I'm, I'm getting my book right now. You know that. 
My man, appreciate it. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, hey get it from get it. Make sure you get it from the website. I'm on the website. I'm on... Oh, okay, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I already know. I know. Um, uh, so real quick, um, do, do, does your book have uh like a religious like undertone? Right. One of the things I appreciated, right, was that anybody anybody can pick up the book, right? And I'm I'm a self professed like self professed Christian, right? Like so that's what I choose to believe. But like as I was reading through the book. Like I found it, um, I found it dope, like really dope that you didn't um, put any religious like undertones in there. So like, I was kind of wondering, like when you were writing and you were kind of uh, putting up with this kind of stuff, right? Was it from a personal bias, but it didn't seem to be so. Yeah, so, and, and that's the thing. I, so I stay away from religion. Um, one, that's just not my specific specific belief. Like I'm more spiritual and grounded and I believe in, you know, evolution and a higher power, but I don't specifically believe in um, the way that like religion has been orchestrated, you know? So I stay away from that. And I definitely wanted to be unbiased in that. Um, I appreciate your um you know just because and i get this a lot too from a lot of uh ministers and pastors and things like that which is cool and a lot of people so i do marriage counseling as well you know with couples but you know if they had that faith-based marriage counseling you know that is more realistically from a patriarchal standpoint as well it's always the man is the head of house so the man is supposed to do xyz you know and then some that can conflict with a relationship of equality you know i you know, from a standpoint of like, it's not necessarily should be that way. It should be, yo, you guys are adults. Let's figure out how to coexist together, you know? So those things tend to happen. Right. So Kendra is our relationship like person, right? Like, so I, I set that up because you, you, you dropped a, there's a, there's a chapter in this book about uh, how the household, have we ever heard the term? What does it mean to you? This, that, and the third, right? And I kind of found it like dope that like you kind of left it up to, you didn't necessarily specify that it should be a man, but you made reference to the fact that it, it usually is, right? So with that, I know Kendra got something for this, so I'm going to toss it to her real quick. And I'm, 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 I'm coming back though. Not in particular, not on that particular topic, um, but I did have a question, I guess, in a way that has to do with relationship. Um, so how can, if, if you're in a relationship with a man, right, and you know that you, I'm just, I'm just I'm right. speaking from the woman's point of view, right? So right. If, I'm in a relationship, <laughs> if I'm in a relationship with a guy and I've picked up on some things that maybe he, uh, you know, could use some therapy, you know, based on the way our relationship is going, the way he reacts to certain things or whatever. How can, as his spouse, how can I go about, incur and, and let me say this too, because historically, like you said, uh, Black people, uh, especially Black men, we didn't believe in therapy, right? We didn't think we needed to go to therapy, right? So a lot of Black men still feel like, I don't need, you know, I don't need no therapist. I'm good. I'm a man, you know, still. So let's say this guy has that mentality. How can I go about encouraging him to uh, seek therapy? Because in order for our relationship to work, he really does need to uh, get some healing or start some healing, the healing process. So how can I go about encouraging him to do that? Kendra, I appreciate your question. And that's definitely one that I get often from a lot of uh, women right now, you know, whether that's, yeah. on, whether that's replying on my um, YouTube questions or just inbox on social media yeah. or just email um, because they want to do that. And my, my answer is always the same. 
one, just ensure that you're putting yourself in a position to ensure that you're safe, um, not just your physical safety, because it probably can create some resistance or become a valid situation mm -hmm. if you feel that you're pressuring him to make these yeah. changes or, you know, you can be nagging or whatever. Mm -hmm. the case is. But also don't forget to have your emotional safety in place, which means if you are in a situation and you taking on that burden of this partner who don't want to change, you got to make sure that you're not draining yourself or creating an emotional and, you know, a, 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 a poor emotional response because of those things. Like now you're, you're sad often or you are frustrated often or you started to turn to substance use and things like that so those things are important for you to recognize but I definitely would this is what I tell those women when that when I'm out there or getting an email or a text or whatever I tell them like it's two persons that I can't even help you know so one that's somebody who don't see an issue with the actions and then two somebody who's not ready to change so unless he's ready or she's ready it ain't really no working it you know because we gonna be in session uh, met with resistance when I can be having a session with somebody who's actually ready to do the work you know so those things are definitely important but if it is you know you are a strong woman you don't want to give up on your partner and blah 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 um, I would just say continue to model by example you know so that's you uh, doing the work so whether that's you going to therapy or you uh, doing mindfulness meditation you grounding yourself and centering yourself it might rub off he might see the difference in your actions and be like oh man you, you're a little bit calmer or you're not responding yeah. like you used to what's going on and you can say oh i've been in therapy i found you know i'm working on whatever yeah. you know yes. so those I things those things yes. tend to happen so you can do that and in addition to you can send resources you can say hey listen i was listening to this podcast and i heard xyz talk about the benefits of men doing whatever or have you heard about this man group over there on broad street you know so you can you can make those suggestions and again it's up to him to say oh you know what i'm gonna check that out or I have been under stress lately. Let me see other ways that I can decompress or other ways that I can do X, Y, Z without bringing it home or whatever. So, and to be real, which is a chapter in my book called Displacement. And a lot of people don't even know that they have displacement. So a, a quick summary on displacement is like, let's say he's at work and the boss is nagging or the coworker is nagging. They got a deadline coming up. Like he can't yell and scream at his boss or his coworker because of course he'll get an EO oh complaint God, yeah. or he'll be frustrated. You know, he might get fired mm -hmm. or sent home on leave. So what happened? You see it in the movies all the time. He go home, the wife cooking, you know, why are you banging the pot so loud or why this house ain't clean and the kids, yeah. you know, so that's displacement. Like you giving your loved ones this anger and this grief and resentment opposed <laughs> to the people who is actually targeted for, you know, so that, that stuff happened all the time. So again, I would encourage her or whomever the partner is to, you know, make sure that you're safe. So whether that's again, your physical safety or your emotional safety, in addition to, you know, leading by example. Yes. Um, I love that you said the lead by because I was going to say that like uh, you don't want to as a woman, you don't want to come off as like you're nagging or telling him what he should and do, you know, what he needs to do. Um, so I love that you said, you know, lead by example. OK, let me get myself in some therapy. Let me get myself in some counseling and change some of my actions, because we are we can only um, we can only change ourselves. I can't change my man. I can change me. And if changing me 
trickles into him and that's helpful, that's great. Um, and then if not, you know, I personally will go ahead and chunk up the deuces on you. I'm gonna give you some time after I done went to therapy and did my part, you know, but I love that you said that because that's two steps and, and I do know that we can't force anybody to do anything, even if they go sit in your chair, cause I told him to, he don't wanna be there. So he's not gonna be receptive to the help. Sure. So he or she still has to do the work even beyond my chair or any other therapist's chair. Um, so when that happens, though, Kendra, it, normally two things happen. Either he changes or she, you know, whomever the partner is in that in that place changes because they see that partner doing the work. They mm -hmm. see that partner not responding the way they normally respond or, you know, doing things to uplift even though they're being his butthole to their partner, they still, you know, grinding themselves, they found themselves. So, all right, cool. Dang, it's working for them. Let me see if it'll work for me yeah. too. I got some things I need to uncover, unpack, and I got to figure out why I'm angry or why I'm irritable or what is resentment coming from, or I got some unresolved trauma or grief or whatever. So that normally happens for one. And then two, what normally happens is that the woman or their partner realize, you know what? I'm better than this. I've just realized, yeah. you know, for me working on myself that I deserve better. Why am I, why am I putting myself in this position to, to take this from this person who don't want to change? You know, mm -hmm. I'm wise enough to know, like, I can be with somebody or I can be with myself and get treated way better than what's happening, you know, and all that, the relationship aspect of it is, you know, we can view um, of course, attachment styles, we can view parenting styles, we can view trauma bonding situations, we can, you know, view a lot of different things from relationships and how we pick our partners or how, you know, people tend to stay in relationships, all of those things happen for a reason. But of course, once you start doing the work on self, you realize like, oh, man, I'm, I'm doing all these positive changes. I'm affirming, my, affirming myself, my confidence is boosting. You know, mm -hmm. my, I'm, I'm esteemed a little bit more. I don't have to take this. Like, if you don't want to change, I'm good. Or listen, I can support you as you continue to work and grow. Yeah. But I'm not going to be your punching bag, you know, so mm -hmm. those boundaries start to be uh, not only there, but they start to be enforced because everybody have boundaries. Everybody just don't enforce them. So those things tend to happen. Absolutely. I love that. Man, that's just not <laughs> Right. That's just not. That's not. Uh, no, no. That's just not uh, romantically, right? That's less like professionally. That's with friendships, friendships. with uh, family, right? Like, are that's, you, yeah, so, that's all relationships. And you, you probably can go to work next week, and you realize you look around your office, you are gonna see somebody who don't know how to communicate. Like when they are met with resistance, they shut down or don't talk or push the project off or you know expect somebody to take up that slack. Or you can see in your own intimate relationships, you know, your partner who you know, storm out or whatever the case is, all of those things happen. A lot of people don't um, put a lot of credit in, into attachment styles, which they probably should want to, you know, do a little bit of research in, you know, because again, your attachment styles can definitely affect uh, not only you, but your relationships. Like if, if, if it's not being exposed by you um, doing the work on it, it will expose itself within that relationship or within that job or within the community you know, so all of those things are important. And um, I talk about it a lot because it is important. So when you're talking about attachment styles, it's, it's primarily four attachment styles. I know we got another segment or y'all got other questions. Yeah, I just, yeah, just want to make sure that ahead. people know. 
Um, yeah, so no, we're having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. You got the secure attachment. You got the anxious insecure attachment. You got the avoidant insecure attachment. And you got the uh, disorganized insecure attachment. So all of those, again, play into how we operate, not only for ourselves, but how we interact with other people. So those things are definitely important. And if you, you know, of course, if, if, if your listeners want the in-depth breakdown of each one, they can just go to my YouTube and, and watch that video. Um, and there's other videos on there as well, such as video on uh, communication, because a lot of people think they're not communicate, but they don't because it's the giver of the message, the receiver of the message and the comprehension of the message. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, like you can tell your partner, hey, listen, I'm going to work late. Can you make sure that, that you put this chef up? Right. And that's it. All they heard was you working late. I'm going to put this chef up. No other details in between. So now you come home and the chef is vertical, but you wanted a horizontal. Like, how do they know? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ain't nobody, it wasn't any details. I'm sure y'all know that because y'all military, like everything has to be laid out. It has to be specific. So then I can hold you accountable for that because I, I this is what I asked. I gave you the criteria and you deviated. But if you don't get that criteria, then it's up to either one of us to say, all right, cool. I, I thought you meant this. You thought I meant that all right, let's fix it, you know. Now, that's a bar, and that's one of the issues that I have, like, with, uh, I don't want to say today's society, but today's society, right? Like, where everyone wants to say what they say, and they kind of, it's kind of just like, I said what I said, and that's it. Like, but there's no, there's no specifics, and there's no breakdown, right? But, like, how important is being, like, as specific as possible? Because, like, I talk to, like, a lot of women who think that if they're being too specific, then it's nagging. And I talk to a lot of men who think that if you're being too specific, then you think that they're dumb. So, like, can you dispel or kind of, like, talk about um, how important it is to, to nail down, like, say exactly what you want? Yeah, so I wouldn't say it's it's dumb or nagging. I would say if you... It's between you and your partner. You know, you do what's best for you and your household. I know for me specifically, um, give me everything that you want line by line, you know, so that way there's no misunderstandings, you know. Um, and I'm human. I may forget. I may do it my way or whatever the case. But now that you said, nah, baby, this is what I told you, like my fiance now, you know, like if she tells me something specifically and I did the opposite, she can check me on that because, Baby, this this is what the text said. Or I told you X, Y, Z, and you agreed. So I, I wouldn't consider that nagging. I would consider that holding me accountable. You know, opposed to, um, what is it that people say? You know, is I said what I said is over, whatever. No, to me, you escaping. Like, you not, you're avoiding. You're not even addressing the situation. Like, it, realistically, is that a, a mature way to handle the situation? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Because it's, it's no resolution. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So let's, let's resolve exactly. it. Some happened. It, whatever the message was, it was something that was broken down or uh, misplaced or the translation wasn't right. So let's figure it out. You asked me to do X, Y, Z. My bad. I'm tripping. I should have did it the way you asked me to. But if you didn't give me the X, Y, Z, I did it. I just did it. You know what I mean? I, you said put the shelf up. I put the shelf up. You didn't say you wanted it on the on the wall with the window or you didn't say you wanted the vertical or horizontal. You just said you was working late, put the shelf up. You know what I'm saying? And that's just an example. But just think about it's so many other examples, like when you got kids involved or you got in-laws involved, you got uh, co-workers, you know, you just, you filtering the information. Hey, Mike, uh, by the end of the day, I need that uh, five-page paper. 
all right, cool. So you get on a five-page paper, but it ain't got no references in it. It ain't got no outline in it. Yo, I, I gave you the five-page paper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so for me, if you want people to understand you or do it the way that you want it to be done, you have to ensure that you're giving them the proper materials or at least mm-hmm. information to do those tasks. And if you're on the other end, like you said, people feel like you're nagging or you're, you know, whatever. I think it's up to you to get out your own way and don't feel so insecure about, you know, people giving you information because they want something done correctly, because that's what it probably stemmed from you feeling like you're not as, you know, or whatever the case is, it can be something within you that you need to work on. You're not smart enough. (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it may be or you know you just might gotta affirm yourself if you feel like me giving you all the details make you feel less than you're equipped to be you know that's that's something that you got to figure out i'm telling you all these steps because i want it specifically the way i want it mm-hmm. this episode gonna piss a lot of people and, off. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you and i think it, I, I think you know i'm the relationship girl so in a relationship it's very important because if i just say hey baby you hurt me and i don't explain how he hurt me and why it hurt me then he doesn't really fully understand why his actions hurt me right so i think it's very uh important to be specific when we are talking to our spouses about you know our thing you know our um our wants desires feelings you know so that the relationship could properly grow it's just like if i tell a kid you know don't touch the stove but I don't say don't touch the stove because it'll burn and it, it'll hurt you so if I say just don't touch the stove then they might touch the stove anyway but if I actually explain in detail what will happen if they touch the stove they're less likely to touch the stove so I completely you know uh, agree agree with that agree with that and I think it's very very important specifics are very important in a relationship it is and and you know realistically the, the thing that separates us from animals is our ability to understand so one should want that understanding. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a one word answer, right? So if you, I don't know if y'all got dogs, right? But if your dog come in and you say sit, that's it. You, you, that, one word. So mm-hmm. if your partner come in and you say put the shelf up, where's the understanding? Help them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give them the details that they require. So to me, that's a way that you separate the two. Like, no, people need that boost, especially if it's something that you want specifically, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. it's a lot of people that's going to um, say, my partner should know me. No, your partner's not a man. Yeah. Really. Your partner is a human like you're a human. Your partner was at work all day. Your partner, you know, got stuck in traffic. Your partner had <laughs> a lot on their mind as well. It's no way that they supposed to read your mind um mm-hmm. when you're a fully capable adults ca- that can say hey sweetheart i need xyz or babe did you do that no let's have let's figure this out let's communicate opposed to assuming that somebody should read your mind especially you know we're adults you know let's have this conversation Man. but the issue yeah. is a lot of people you know from a young age it goes back weren't taught how to communicate or haven't seen proper models on how to communicate so they think you know, things are argument or they think things are, you know, they're, they're the victim in those situations and those things can create issues later on, you know. Mm. Bars. Hey, listen, so, I almost pulled the sound I'm gonna, effects oh, go ahead, up go ahead, on go ahead, this one. No, 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 go ahead. I was pulled the sound effects up on that one. That past no. collection plate, this young man is clearly preaching. <laughs> hey, that. It's a donation. <laughs> <website>. <laughs> I was no because I was I was gonna I was gonna say it that um he answered like two of my questions in there um 
but I was going to ask you like when, when you flip it, let's say you were on that receiving end of not being a communicator. Right. And you've done the therapy. Like, is the re- like I've done therapy. I was terrible. I was a terrible fucking communicator, fucking horrible trash. So when I started flipping it around and I was like, you know what? I apologize for that. I didn't understand you clearly. How did you want me to do it? Right. So the whole, she wasn't ready for that response at all. So how is it that like, because now you have a lot of men doing therapy. How can you, can you explain to the women or men who, um, when men are now communicating their feelings, they're going to therapy. Can you explain more on where does the, what's the next step after that? Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so people, okay. regardless if you're in therapy or done therapy or whatever, like you still have to do the work. It's not like a deadline, you know what I mean? Like it's an ongoing process and that's it, process. It's no, I've been in therapy 10 years, I'm good. No, like still go, you know what I mean? Because you can learn some within the next 10 years and think about it. Like one, you're you're a human, so you're not a monolith. Like everybody's different. Um, and evolution take a place. You're, con- you're continuously growing. You're continuously learning new information, not only about yourself, but about your partner as well. You know, so don't assume that um, you've been in therapy and you still don't know, or we've been together five years, you still don't know me. Sweetheart, listen, we growing. You know what I mean? I'm doing X, Y, Z. You're doing X, Y, Z. Just give me the grace. Like, you know, we're together. And I think a lot of partners got to realize that it's them two together. And then it's the issue. They have to attack the issue, not attack each other. And that's what things go wrong at because they think like, um, I told you to do X, Y, Z and you didn't. So it's, it's always probably those resentment things around the actual issue nobody gets to the root of what happened or do that self-work um but you know the 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 wild thing is i don't know if y'all know but i created a board game which is out now and that is for couples what's it's for adults pretty much it's an adult board game but it's premised around relationships um and it's it's i got it right here as a matter of fact so regular board game um same size as a scrabble board and everything so it's two set of cards and you got your dice, you got your pawns and all that stuff, right? So it's the two set of cards. You got a date activity card and then you got a questions card. And the date activity is, of course, people, you know, lose spontaneity over the years. You forget like how to be spontaneous or what type of dates are, are dope or whatever. Um, and then the question cards though is the intense questions that you should want to know before the relationship. Why are you in a relationship? If you married or whatever the case is, like, um it's a question in there like how do you handle conflict you know what i'm saying like if we on a date and i ask you that um uh miss kendra how, you know what i mean you're gonna be like yeah. oh man like how do i handle conflict you go that's something that you want to know but people might not ask off top you know what i'm saying Absolutely. like you know because if you be like oh i shut down i don't want about to talk you know or no we can i can talk to you like i'm talking now even though i'm upset you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's something that you probably want to know. So anyway, it's tons of questions like that in there um, that can benefit, you know, not, you can play it at your girls' night event. You can play it with your homeboys. You can play it with different couples. Um, and it's, it's it's like that to jog those tough questions like, oh, man, you know, and it's, it's other questions in that, too. Like uh, another example, I was doing marriage counseling with this couple who've been married uh, for about four years at the time. 
and the husband put the wife through school, you know, and now she has a good job stable. She was making like mid eighties. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he was like, sweetheart, listen, you, you go, you, uh, done with school, you settled in your job. You've been there for like a year now. I want to take this year off and focus on something else, you know, and her response is like, I'm not taking care of no grown man. You know what I'm saying? So I not, hate hearing those stories. Yeah. And it's, you know, this is, this was in marriage counseling. So one, not only did he put you through school, but now he's telling you like, he wanted to take some time off, do whatever. Y'all been married four plus years, got children. Like, you know, you could at least hear your partner out and figure out what, the best for y'all in the situation opposed to responding in that way um not to mention like i'm not taking care of grown man not like let's talk about this let's figure it out what do you be you know why you don't want to be on your job no more you know whatever the case is so one of the questions in there that i put in there is um how would you feel if i lost my job or are you willing to you know so it's so many different those intriguing Mm -hmm. questions in there because you don't know like he was married to her four years at that point and he didn't know like if he would let's just say they wasn't in therapy, he would have came home, baby. Listen, you make 85 now. I quit today. I'm a I want to start XYZ, or I'm just taking some time off, or I want to go back to school now. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, ah, no, nah, I'm I'm out. You know what I mean? So who knows what would happen if they weren't in uh in that situation or in that type of arena. Um, I, was, I was actually looking at your uh board game uh be, you know earlier today when i was doing my research or whatever um but i w- i'm glad you brought it up because i was i wasn't uh quite sure how the board game worked um but now that i know i'm completely sold because i like that kind of stuff i'm the type of person that will ask those questions <laughs> on the first date, like how do you respond to conflict right those are things that you know just i'm just basing off of my previous experiences so i asked those questions right away and i completely agree that those are things if we talk about them before and then when they come about you can you can realize early on you know what we not we ain't a good fit actually (laughs) or we are a good fit (laughs) and then for those couples who have been together those it's always going to be something that comes up that maybe you never had conversations about and that and that happens too because realistically like let's say Let's say you've been with your, your partner five years, you know, the the, the sex is, is decent, but you want to bring somebody else in. Or, you know what I mean? You let's you want to you want to uh do polyamorous relationship, right? So <laughs> let's how do you ask your partner that without one becoming offended or two, just them assuming they ain't doing the work, so they got their insecurities, like who you tried this with, or what made you want to, you know what I mean? We've been together five years, you ain't never. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this is a good way in that setting, like, oh, how you feel about, you know what I mean? Because now it, you blame yeah. it. You, you can put it on the game. You can put it on, <laughs> you know, in this group setting and just think about it. It's other couples around. It's other people around. If you're doing it at your girls night or whatever and everybody's interjecting, saying that piece like, oh yeah, Polly is dope. You got three people. That's three people making 80,000. We got a good living or no, Polly is wild. I don't want to, you know, too many sex partners, blah, blah, blah. So you got all of those different perspectives interjecting, you know, just throughout the game. So it's yeah. definitely, you know, something that can benefit a lot of people. Oh, that, that, was on, that was on the game version. That I, I didn't see that. I didn't read that chapter in there, Doc. But, oh, uh, yeah, no. Nah, <laughs> we, we was talking about the game. You know, she, <laughs> yeah, she the relationship uh, person. So I had, to, I had to give her that, man. Uh, I, I was just checking. I was make, maybe I missed something. I need to go back and skim it again. 
Um, <laughs> talk to us about <laughs> talk to us about the Healing Club. Yeah. So um, again, man, when my man was saying trying earlier, you know, you gotta get away from that. You gotta start doing. So the Healing Hub is a spot they got right here, right here in the city. Um, that I put together from my entrepreneurship endeavor. So, you know, I financed it myself, but it's pretty much a holistic spot. Um, Pre-pandemic, I was doing my therapy there. I had a psychologist there. We did uh, mindfulness, Zumba, um, and I was bringing in different speakers from the community to educate uh, my demographic specifically on certain topics. So first time home buying, restoration of rights, um, LGBTQ seminars, um, you know, financial literacy seminars, seminars on hypertension, diabetes, bringing in the health department to do testing, you know, just different stuff. And it's all in one spot, just like it sound, the healing hub. So I just wanted to make sure that it was giving people access, one, because you can't ignore the fact that a lot of people don't have access to certain information, then of course, uh, accessibility. Um, so it's right here in the heart of the city, Richmond, Virginia, and it's, you know, on the bus line. But of course, it looks different now because of the pandemic. So I do my stuff virtual, um, but I do have events there. I just had an event there um, last week with, with, with some boys, boys and men. I called the boys and wings. So it was about uh, 75 people, boys, men um, in, this, in, in my spot. Um, fed them some wings and we had different uh, topics going on. So I had a speaker, uh, mindfulness at a... a um, um, a master I don't, I don't want to butcher it but he is a he talked about trade skills the benefits of having a trade because oftentimes it's overlooked like I know when I was growing up it was either get this job uh, you going to college or you going to the military but of course people overlook trades like you can spend six months and have no student loans and then of course start your own business HVAC I paid a guy 3000 just to come out you know what I mean to switch the units out so of course you got certified electrician um, you got plumbers so we, he talked about all that and then I had somebody um, talked about uh, masculinity uh, anger management. So it was just different topics flowing through. So it was a good event for the boys and men. And then of course it serves as a venue as well. So I've had people uh, come for photography to do, you know, to set up to take pictures in. I had people do uh, baby showers there, had people do uh, wedding receptions and things like that. So it's just a way to not only continue to fund it, but, you know, it serves as a place that the community can go to, like if they need a resource. I love so, you. Um, one, one, one final thing for me, right. Um, can you talk about resiliency, right? Cause I think that, uh, especially post post pandemic, um, or coming out of the pandemic or we don't know where we are, like, you know what I mean? And I, I feel like that take a strain on like a lot of people, right? Like a lot of people saying the pandemic is ending, like you look at the science and everything, right. And you talk about vaccines and everything, but I think that everybody's kind of like tired, Right. And like you, you had like some really uh, interesting stuff to say in the book about resiliency. So can you talk about the importance of being able to bounce back? Like, uh, I think that was a perfect segue with you being able to host an event at the Healing Hub like last week. Um, so can you kind of like hit that at, like before we wrap it up? Yeah, yeah. I want to say it's a, a resiliency video on my YouTube as well. If I don't cover everything because of your time limit. But um, I think when people talk about resiliency, they normally put it together with some type of adversity you know mm -hmm. and uh within our demographic within today's society people glorify overworking you know and not necessarily the rest oh as you Talk know not, please 
yeah not necessarily the the rest aspect like recovery like resting like grounding yourself centering yourself so i mean just from an overall standpoint the resiliency is, is of course a psychological quality that allow people to you know stumble or face adversity and then continue to go like out so um, like the military or whatever, or, you know, somebody who was incarcerated, but get out and now own multiple businesses, or, you know, like you see the stories all the time, like they didn't let that adversity stop them or let society dictate what they can do. So resiliency is, you know, pretty much those things that you can overcome within a traumatic situation or um, just an unusual situation where you was faced with a great deal of adversity. Um, and of course, we can create resiliency but most of it is taught too like certain models like if you like a, I'm a parent so I make sure that I model and display a certain behavior so of course the little ones can pick that up when I'm out in the streets I want to make sure that I'm modeling a certain behavior too so the neighborhood the people can know like oh that's upstanding this is the right thing to do like all of those things are you know are positive attributes like whether it's you being optimistic about it, whether it's you regulating your emotions, whether you having a positive attitude, like all of those things create your resistance because you can shut down or you can just say, all right, cool. I, I got locked up. I ain't doing nothing else. I'm going to get out. I'm going to commit another crime or I'm going to stay on this legal path. Mm -hmm. Or you can say, oh man, like, cool. That didn't work in my favor. Let me figure it out now. You know what I mean? Like I started one business. It didn't work. I'm going to start another one. Let me, I'm going to see this time. I'm going to see what I did wrong and, and change it or see what I needed to do different to make it even better. You know, oh man, I, this relationship didn't work. You know, all right, cool. Let me, let me work on myself. You know, they chose somebody else or whatever, or they figured out I wasn't the person for them. Let me work on me. Let me make sure I'm doing my affirmations. Let me make sure I'm growing where I need to be. Let me make sure that I can give somebody something opposed to just taking, you know, and a lot of people don't even realize that. Like right now, if somebody asks you, what do you have to offer me? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to think about that. Like, you got to figure out like, Ooh. oh man, <laughs> like realistically, like think about it. Like normally it's based on attraction and not really compatibility. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For the women, it's probably, I want a six, five man, broad shoulders. And for <laughs> the guys, it's normally, you know, she got to be thick, da, 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 da. but what else is there? And so mm -hmm. think about this. Think about this. When I, when, when I say attraction opposed to compatibility, um, when you look at after somebody, like after a couple have a baby, like that, yeah have y'all noticed like they normally just break up or normally just co-parent or whatever so mm -hmm. it, it's a couple of things that happened there they were attracted to each other but they weren't compatible so when that stress or that stimuli happened from having that baby um and of course uh, the chemical imbalance difference from postpartum depression can play a part but just focus on the part of now we in a situation and I need to see if I can count on you. I need mm -hmm. to see if you're going to relieve me so I can do something else. And that normally don't happen because you don't know this person. You just know y'all look good together. And you know what I'm saying? It was more of attraction based opposed to times got hard. Like when my home girl said, I'm not taking care of a grown man. Like you was out, you know what I'm saying? Or you wanted to leave. So that was based on attraction, not based on compatibility. If we're yeah. compatible, 
I'm sta- I'm riding with you. I'm we figuring this out. You know what I'm saying? So if yeah. it is a kid situation, I got you, baby. You go ahead and sleep. I I got it. I heat up the bottle. Out. Let me massage your feet while you do X Y Z. You know. So those you're compatible. This is your partner. You making this work, opposed to we look good together, but I don't know if I can trust them to say the right things when I'm not around. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Hey, yes. babe, I'm on my I'm on my way. You go ahead and the meeting. Oh, yeah. man, are they going to say the right thing? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man, the babysitter called out. Like, cannot, you know what I mean? Even though it's both our kid, are you going to be able to take care of our kid? Are you going to nurture him the way I nurture him? Are you going to, you know what I'm saying? So all of those things happen when you're not with somebody that you're compatible with. But, of course, when you're with somebody that you're attracted with, it it's it's cool and everything until that stimulant happens, until life happens, you know, until something stressful happens um and you see how a person react under that pressure under that stress or whatever the case is you know whether that is losing a job or whether that is raising kids or whether that is um somebody else uh coming in and just giving that person attention you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like all of those things happen you know that's a I ain't bar <laughs> i ain't got shit hey i just need to know when the next seminar damn it that's it that's all i i, I like like there were a lot of gems. There's a lot of gems drop, right? And mm-hmm. I know this this episode will definitely it's gonna piss people off because mm-hmm. he, he talked about that accountability factor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like like even even holding your your boys accountable, your family accountable, setting those boundaries. Like it was just a conversation. This wasn't no interview. I ain't I ain't yeah, yeah. So so here's the thing though. <laughs> I mean, if if people do get pissed off, I want them to at least understand where the perspective was coming from one so the accountability piece am i am i being am i cool with being held accountable Two, am i holding others accountable you know what i'm saying like i don't want about around me that just because think about it you can there's a video on my page um on support system um so you can be a support system or you can be enablement so if we all around each other doing the same thing same thing not getting nowhere we enabling each other but if you're around somebody and you're saying, bro, you tripping, like, why would you even, you know what I mean? That's accountability. All right. And then the other piece where we talk about um, boundaries, boundaries, like think about when you enforce your boundaries, how people view you like, oh, you stuck up. You think you're better than everybody. No, I just know what I want and don't want. You know what I'm saying? So again, like you can be upset or whatever at the case, but just make sure you're asking yourself those <laughs> questions. You know what I'm saying? I'm, am I willing to be am i a good communicator you know what i'm saying am i articulating mm-hmm. the way that my my partner or my coworkers understand you know what i'm saying am i receiving the message that they're relaying so all of those things so if you're gonna be upset just make sure you're upset with the right person you know what i'm saying and uh the, the, last, the, the <laughs> last one is uh what will we talk about uh what do I have to offer that's probably gonna hit a lot of people because now you got to figure it out like oh man i I got this degree, but I ain't got no job. Or, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just cute. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's probably a girl out there right now saying, "I'm thick." You know what I mean? But I don't, I don't be cooking. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? You got this guy out there like, "Yo, I, I drive a Benz." Like, what else? You know, what else can, what else yeah. do you have to offer? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So those things are important. So yeah, if you're going to be upset, just be upset with with self look do that self work figure it out for yourself don't be upset with the message mm. r k dot pardon shots yes 
Well, really, really quick. I just uh, wanted to re reiterate something that you said earlier, you know, and I'm, I'm taking this away from the conversation that I had with you, you know, is that when uh, couples have issues, when issues come about in a relationship and you said something like it's us and then it's the problem. And that really hit for me because it's like we, when we have issues, we think I, I got this issue with you. you, you did this, or I have this issue with you and not, okay, we're together. Now, how do, how, do we, how do we fix this issue or how do we work on this problem? I think if we approach more uh, conflict in that manner, we could be more, uh, there could be more togetherness. Because what happens is I come and say, I got this problem with you. What, you know, what you going to do to fix this? You know, you got to fix this. Or I got to go, you know. So th there's that. And then uh, to go back to what you said about we have that physical attraction to each other, um, but we're not compatible with each other. And so my partner shot is, like I said, ladies, learn from my mistake. This is why you need to require marriage. In my opinion, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. Uh, you need to require marriage because at least then we, we know that we're committing to the process of working and being together versus, okay, we can I can open my legs and have a baby, but then you gone and you don't owe me a commitment to try to figure things out and try to be, uh, to work things out and, and, and we just go separate and, and start co-parenting. Like that's not ideal. I think even though we glamorize it and we make it seem like it is okay, I don't think ultimately it's, I think it's not okay. I think it's selling because we're not doing, we're not taking the proper steps to have a healthy relationship in the first place. Um, and that's all I got. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I will be purchasing uh, that uh, board game and I cannot wait to play it. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate you. Um, it's a video on my YouTube on healthy relationships um, as well. So you definitely- I'll check that out. Yeah, yeah. Mr. James Harris, we thank you for joining us. Tell the people uh, where to find you and any pardon shots that you may have, sir. Um, pardon shot, let's see. Uh, ignore the perception of others. So if you are a male out there or just somebody out there, um, do that self-work. Don't worry about if somebody see you coming from therapy or you somebody see you working on your healing journey. Uh, do what's best for you. Ignore the perception of others because people will to talk either way. They might as well talk about you elevating yourself. And they're probably talking because once you do start doing that self-work, you can realize that you might not need to be around those people. So, you know, that's that. Um, but as far as me, um, the easiest way is probably my website, www.mentoheal.com, mentoheal.com. And from there, of course, you can subscribe to my social media. You can subscribe to my YouTube. You can purchase the book. You can purchase the board game. You can purchase the, uh, the shirts, you know, um, and of course you can email me. And for people out there who's not in my geographical location, it's a resource page on my website as well with hotlines and, um, different information, you know, if somebody need a, a homeless shelter or the suicide hotline or the veteran crisis line, that's on my website as well. So the website is probably the easiest place. Awesome. We want to thank you again. Those of y'all out there, listen, this has been a dope, phenomenal, and informative conversation. Listen, we may have to, uh, may have to, we may, may have to bring you back because I got questions about affirmations and stuff like that. We might have to, might have to like stay in touch and like bring you back for that one. Um, uh, got it on good authority. Listen, for those of y'all out there, we thank you guys for hanging in, listening to this dope conversation. This has been another episode of The Private Stock. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Thanks. Thanks.
Thanks for coming.